morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to our series entitled Habits. And we've spent some time looking at habits, not the, uh, the bad ones necessarily that we, are, uh, that we ought to break, uh, but the good ones that we ought to develop. Uh, certainly we all have habits. Uh, that very first Sunday when we began the series, I had you yell out some habits of maybe even that uh, a spouse or a loved one had that was a little bit irritating, a little bit annoying. I'm sure we all have one or more of those. So this isn't the, the series where we go looking around for habits to break. These are habits to form. Habits to craft, habits to develop in our lives. And so uh, thus far, we've already looked at three different components, three different parts uh, of our series so far. We began the year with prayer. Prayer is something that ought to be developed in our lives. The, uh, the, what we looked at was that we are to pray consistently. Pray consistently. Let prayer be something that is developed in our life on a consistent, on a regular basis. The second week, we took a look at fasting, prayer and fasting. We learned that we needed to fast intentionally. This wasn't just one of those, uh, oops, I missed a meal, so I guess I fasted. Or I only ate four times today instead of five, so I guess I fasted. Or I skipped my dessert, so I guess I fasted. It's going without something, typically food, but based on health reasons or otherwise. Certainly we saw there are other things that maybe we could do without to spend extra time in prayer and extra time with the Lord to focus on Him. So doing so intentionally. So maybe since that point, maybe you have fasted, maybe you have given up a, a meal here or there or gone a, a day perhaps without or, or skipped some of those uh, things that you enjoy focusing on the Lord. So praying consistently, fasting intentionally. The last time that we were in our series, we looked at the Word of God, Bible reading that we are to read daily, that we get into this Good book, God's Word on a daily basis. And we, uh, we gave some ways to do that. Certainly, I mentioned earlier, there's some tools out in the foyer, uh, some Bible reading guides, uh, daily devotionals. All of those materials are free. Uh, we pointed you to some digital means uh, for a smartphone, a tablet, a computer, ways that you can get the Word of God into you. More than just us getting through it, getting it into us and through us. And so we've looked at prayer, we've looked at fasting, we've looked at God's Word. I'll give you kind of a, a heads up as to where we're looking the next couple of weeks. We're going to be looking at sharing, sharing Christ with others. And a couple of weeks, serving, getting involved and serving and using the gifts and talents and abilities that God has placed within us. So sharing Christ and serving in the body of Christ. This morning, our fourth habit is entitled participate faithfully. You say, what in the world would participate mean? Well, this is an interesting one in that we've actually got a, a handful of things that I believe God's Word would encourage us to do on a regular basis to participate when it comes to our walk with God 
and to participate as it comes to the life of the church and the body of Christ. And so I want to share four different things with you this morning when it comes to participating faithfully. So certainly when it comes to today, when it comes to our series about habits, this is not an all-inclusive list. There's a whole kinds of uh, just great items in the Word of God about godly habits that we ought to form. And even when it comes to today, things that we can participate in, certainly there are more than just a handful we'll be taking a look at. But I want to challenge us this morning to participate faithfully in our walk with God and in the life and the body of Christ. First of all, when it comes to participating faithfully, let me challenge us to attend. Now, that seems a little interesting because I'm saying, let's attend, and all of you that are hearing it are the ones who are attending. Isn't that the, the phrase that's called preaching to the choir? But the challenge is for all of us, whether we are here worshiping this morning or not, maybe individuals listening online or hearing this at a later date, the challenge is to attend the house of God on a regular and on a faithful basis. Here's what the Word of God in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit, there's that word again, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. God's Word says... There are some who have this habit of not gathering together. The encouragement is, let us do that. Let us assemble. Let us gather. Let us grow. Let us learn. Let us worship in the house of God together. I would venture to say that when we don't come, when we don't attend, it becomes harder and harder and harder to get back into the swing of things. Have you ever noticed that? Not just with church, but with life. If you're on a diet, if you're trying to work out, uh, if you're trying to learn a new skill and, and you're working at this day after day after day, you, know, you go on vacation, you, you get out of the routine, out of the norm, and boom, there goes all that healthy eating that you were doing at home. Or, you know, you're, you're no longer in your, your regular space as far as uh, maybe you've got a treadmill or maybe you've got a gym or maybe, you know, you do something exercise-wise. When it comes to attendance in the house of the Lord, sometimes that's, boy, that's the exact same thing. We, just about a month ago, we, we did cancel church along with pretty much everybody in the area with uh, the big snow and the blizzard of, well, it wasn't quite a blizzard, but it was a, it was a good chunk of snow. And it was just really, really weird. Now, for some people, maybe it was just Sunday, not being in the house of the Lord. But for a, for a preacher, it's really, really weird. Now, we, we pulled up church, and I'm not sure what all of you did on, on your time. I know some of you might have uh, watched on television. We, uh, we pulled up uh, James River Assembly of God. It's uh, where I attended church when I went to Bible college, and uh, they were... Uh, broadcasting uh, their services live. So we, we streamed them from the iPad and 
threw it onto the big screen and, and we watched church from Missouri, church that I attended and, and interned at. And it was good. And it was church. But how many of you know it's not the same as coming and worshiping and attending and learning and growing in person? Can I watch church? Yes. Can I watch a TV preacher? Yes. But there's, boy, there's something about that personal interaction with somebody else to help us, to encourage us, to nudge us, to grow us. Uh, there's Sunday school classes as opportunities. There's a worship service to honor and worship and pray and seek and hear God's word preached and taught and proclaimed. There's that connection and fellowship on the way in, on the way out, and kind of before and after services. All of that is it's a part of what this Hebrew writer is saying. It's not just to say, I was there and I've got a check next to the box. Don't give up meeting together. The, the habit of some, the habit of many can be either not at all or maybe very sporadic. Hebrews 10 says, let's not be like that. Let's make sure that we do gather together. We do meet together. We do attend together. Luke 4 says that Jesus had a habit of going to the house of God, going to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, if there's one person... If there's one person who could probably get away with not going to the house of God, it would be the Son of God, right? I mean, all of these things, if there was an exception to the rule, it'd be Jesus. And yet, when we read the Word of God, we see that He went to the house of God. We see that He got away and prayed and spent time with the Father. All of these things that we have questions or issues about, Jesus shows us by his pattern and his example. Jesus himself was baptized in water, showing us that we are to, as well, follow the Lord in baptism. And so, attend. What, what does our habit on a Sunday or on the Lord's Day, what does that say about us? What does that say about our walk with God? Certainly we're not looking at perfect attendance and boy, if you miss a Sunday, you're just out. That's not what this is talking about. But the faithful attendance, the, the faithful worship, the faithful gathering together as we connect with God and others. You know, it is, it is winter. It is snowy time. And we are in Ohio and snow happens Tends to happen on a Sunday around here, Saturday here, Sunday. But what's amazing is throughout the wintertime, those of you that are, are sports fans or, or football fans, did it ever surprise you or uh, amuse you perhaps on a Sunday when maybe we haven't had snow here, maybe earlier in the year in November, December, January, Maybe you've got your television on and you're seeing a northern city. Maybe it was Cleveland. Maybe it was Buffalo, New York. Maybe it was Chicago or Green Bay. And it showed Denver, Colorado, that they had a snowstorm the night before or it was snowing on Sunday. Now, if that was church, 
there would be literally a few hundred people show up out of a stadium of thousands, right? And yet, what do we see when we press power on our television set? Thousands upon tens of thousands of people risking their lives to drive through the snow to show up and pay hundreds of dollars for a ticket. And, and they'll pan the, the stadium. There'll be pockets. There'll be some handfuls of seats not there. But man, it, it's amazing the faithfulness of the sports fan when it's, what, 20, 30 degrees and snowing. So I just, I want to challenge and encourage us. I know we are all here today. I want to challenge us when it comes to our participation, when it comes to our faithfulness in attendance. Let us be found faithful. You see, we weren't made to do life alone. We're to grow and interact together. So let us attend faithfully and let's encourage one another to do the same. Here we go. I, I hereby deputize you. We're going we're to deputize you to be an encouraging force, an encouraging, smiling face in an individual to invite somebody with you next Sunday. Maybe it's somebody that hasn't been here in a while. Maybe it's somebody that hasn't been to, to church period in a while or ever. Would you invite them to come and to worship with you. So attend. That's, that's a part of how we can participate and grow in the body of Christ. We grow, we learn one from another, and our opportunities at church allow and afford that for us. Along with attending, let me challenge and encourage us to welcome, to welcome one another. Here's what Romans 15, 7 says. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Or put in a different way, maybe a little bit more uh, modern paraphrase, it says, warmly welcome each other into the church, just as Christ has warmly welcomed you. Then God will be glorified. You see, it's one thing to attend, we can do that pretty easy. Attend simply means I walk in the door and I'm here, right? Attending, we can do pretty easy. Welcome, man, that's a little extra. That goes a little bit beyond the driving in, walking in, and plopping myself down. So you're going to notice how these kind of get progressively more challenging when we're talking about participating in a faithful way. It's, it's easier to attend, to, to show, to, to maybe kind of sit through a class or a service, but when it comes to welcoming, what happens to everyone that walks through the doors? Oh, well, that's what Linda and Jennifer are for, we say. They're the official quote-unquote, we're doing air quotes, greeters, right? They got the smiley faces. They got the, the stack of bulletins and maybe a, a missions magazine. 
and they'll open the door or hand you something or shake your hand or, or say good morning or welcome you to Alger Assembly of God. Pastor Mark, we got it covered. We got two. Well, let me ask, how about you? And the, and the last point, I just deputized all of us to be able to greet and, and introduce somebody and, and bring somebody with us and invite somebody with us to attend. You're going to be deputized all over again to welcome, to welcome. Christ welcomed us. In fact, Romans 5, 8, it says that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He didn't wait until we were all cleaned up. He didn't wait until we were all appropriate. He died for us as sinners, providing the way. I believe we can go and ought to go out of our way for each one that comes through our doors. Guests as well as our regulars that, that you know and understand. A few years ago, it's been a number of years ago because this was from a Dear Abby letter, individual wrote uh, the newspaper columnist Dear Abby with this letter. I am presently completing the second year of a three-year survey on the hospitality or lack of it in churches. To date, of the 195 churches I have visit, uh, I have visited, I was spoken to in only one by someone other than an official greeter, and that was to ask me to move. So someone outside of an official greeter, they would probably consider a pastor as an official greeter, a greeter at the door as an official greeter, but outside of someone that you would expect to greet, no one else really greeted, and the only words were basically to move. How are we, when we have people come in, whether it's people that we know, whether it's people we know but we haven't seen in a little while, whether it's people that we've never met, our goal hopefully is, is to reach more people for Jesus. To reach more people for Jesus means reaching people who don't know, who have never heard, maybe at one point, at some time in their lives, had, but they've, they've turned away from God, and, and somehow God brings them back, nudges and encourages them to come and to visit a church. How are we doing at the welcoming part? Statistics will show that most individuals will determine whether or not they will return to a church. They're going to make that determination in the first 12 minutes. First 12 minutes. That's way before the altar call. That's way before the message. Way before any offering or, or worship. I mean, it's basically the parking lot to the pew. That's 12 minutes. Basically, before the service starts, they probably know whether they're going to return again. So a lot of that is going to be based on how are we doing at the welcoming now, for the most part, as a, as a smaller rural church, most people here know everybody here. And so you look around and you know the people that are here. But what about when somebody is new? Do you remember what it was like to be new? Do you remember what it was like to be new here? For some of you, that's, that's been a long time. Because you've been here 
and a part of Valdra Assembly of God for a while. It's always, isn't it always a little bit nerve-wracking, nervous, weird, anxious? All those emotions wrapped up when you go visit someplace for the first time. For some, maybe you've, uh, you've been to different schools. As uh, my dad was a pastor, I've shared before, I was in a number of different school districts, and, and uh, my high school years, I was in four different high schools. Brand new sets of teachers, brand new sets of administration, brand new facilities, making brand new friends and brand new classes over and over and over again. And a lot of the ease of getting connected to a new place is based on the welcoming of the people in the place. I want to challenge us. I believe we do a good job. I've heard great comments about us as a body. How many, how many of you know that we can always improve and we can always grow and always do better? Let's, let's make sure that we're on the lookout. Now, I've deputized you, but let me just say this. We don't need to, like, uh, football tackle every guest that comes through the door. You know, Linda opens the door, Jennifer hands, uh, you know, the bulletin and smiles, and then hut, hut, hike, you know, boom, we just... We're in there like a linebacker, and then we, everybody tackles them. But I do think when we have guests or when we have those that maybe haven't been with us for a while, would you go out of your way to say hi, to welcome them, to introduce yourself to them? Let them know you're glad that they're here. They might have some questions. It's all right for people other than our, our door greeters to let them know where the restrooms are or where the the children's ministries are, or that the sanctuary is right here. It's, it's all right that we can all help out in being a part of the welcome. See, we've all got a need to be welcomed and accepted. The challenge is when someone comes in and they're not quite who you were hoping to welcome. True? That's the challenge. Because everybody has their own picture of what church should be like. And typically, everybody looks in the mirror to say, this is what the perfect church individual looks like. Just look at yourself in the mirror and say, yep, if everybody was just like me, <laughs> church would be perfect. So what happens when somebody comes into church and they're not like you? What if they don't look like you? What if, what if some of their characteristics, what if some of their traits aren't quite what you would hope would be walking into this door? Is the gospel for all people or is it just for people that look kind of like us? It really is for all people. So it's not just that we can hopefully together attend and, and be a part of church and grow and learn from one another, but let's be, let's be on the lookout to welcome people as they make their way in. We're believing that God will bring more people in that through us as a body to welcome and invite and encourage people in. They would experience the love. They would experience the welcome. Everyone matters. Everyone is able to be welcomed to the house of the Lord. So we attend. Kind of, kind of easy. That just means we show up and, and we come. It's a little bit more challenging than to welcome. So let's, let's stretch a little bit more, number three, and say worship. 
Not just attending, not just welcoming or greeting or, or making others feel welcome here, but to worship, truly worship with a heart for God. Now, when we say worship, uh, most people, we're going to think about that, that portion of the, of the service which involves music. The portion of the service uh, we call praise and worship, or it's time to worship. And so when instruments and singers are instrumenting and singing, many times that's the thought behind worship. Let me give you just a handful of things that worship is not before we jump into a couple of things that worship is. First of all, worship's not just music. It definitely involves music. It, it definitely involves, it's a, it can be a part of worship. But worship is just not entirely that, that chunk of service that involves songs. That is a part of our worship. But worship is even larger than the singing of songs. Worship is not just a performance. Worship is really about us participating participating rather than judging or critiquing. Those shows are really, really popular, right? I mean, everything from American Idol to America's Got Talent to the, the dance competitions, the, the crazy hit that seemed like the weirdest show when, when I saw it advertised, but now we're sort of hooked on it, The Masked Singer. Celebrities who wear some huge, dumb-looking little mask, and then they sing a song, and then based on how they sing, you know, the, the worst one kind of gets voted off, and then they take their mask off, and you see which celebrity it is. I mean, everybody tends to be a critic. Everyone tends to be the one who is judging. It's like we're all Simon Cowles, right? And if we're not careful, we can get that way when it comes to worship, when it comes to worship music, or just when it comes to worshiping in our heart for the Lord. So worship is not a performance. Worship we ought to be participating in. Worship's not just an event. I mean, we can come, we, we call this our morning worship service. You can come to, to church, you can come and be a part of the service, but not really worship. The choice is up to you to participate and worship. And worship is not just about one day. Worship, did you know, we can worship God on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday, even on a Friday or a Saturday. It sounds crazy, I know, but we can. Worship is not just, you know, about a particular day. It's not just when we have a church service. It's not just when we have something church scheduled. What is worship? Dictionary would say it's the extreme adoration for or the devotion to an object of high value. Others might say it's the balance of our inward feelings with an outward expression. My inward feelings, I'm, I'm thankful and worshiping God I'm not just going to keep those feelings in. I'm going to express those to the Lord. Here's what Romans 12.1 says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
He didn't say, show up and, and during those 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of songs, give it all you got, but forget about the rest of the week. He says, in view of God's mercy, in view of all he's done, we're offering our bodies, we're offering ourselves to living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. It's our true and proper worship. You see, when we worship, we're focused on God. Worship is, is focusing on God. Many times we can focus on the wrong things. Our focus can be off. And sometimes when it comes to a church service and, and sometimes when it comes to even the, quote, praise and worship portion, we can, if we're not careful, we can make worship about me. Now, I know none of you have ever done this. These would be people from another church. But I've heard there are some people who just cannot worship if their song is not sung. You know, people will say, man, today church was awesome. That was code for they sang my song. I don't, it, it doesn't happen here. I'm sure it's, it's the other churches I've heard about it. If we're not careful, sometimes the challenge can be, well, I, I really wasn't into those songs and worship. I really wasn't into that message, Pastor. I really, we kind of make it about self. Well, those songs maybe were too old. Or, man, those songs were a little bit too new. Where, where's, the, where's the older hymns and choruses? And if we make it about our own wishes, our own wants and desires, we're just, we're simply saying, it's about me rather than focusing on God. When we worship, we truly focus on God above all else. Whether our song is sung or not, whether, whether pastor preaches and steps on our toes or not, you know, sometimes when people say, man, it was a great service, I know someone who really needed to hear that message. It wasn't me. I mean, I'm good. I, I, I'm pretty awesome in that area. But boy, I know someone who really should have been here. If we're not careful, sometimes it's just all about us. And whether it's the worship songs, the worship experience, the worship service, worship really is focusing on God. It's that sincere response to him. It's honoring him in, in our lives each and every day. Not just during this you know, 90 minutes or so of a worship service. Not just during that 15, 20 minutes or more of, of songs in the service. It's that lifestyle to God. How do we live our lives on a Monday when we're not in church? What do our lives look like at school? What do our lives look like in the workplace? What do our lives look like in front of our family? Worship is that, that 24 hours a day life for the Lord. Worship is our response to what we value most, someone said. How do you know where and what you worship? It's easy. You simply follow the trail of your time, your affection, your energy, your money, and your loyalty. Follow those things and you'll see what's most important to us. You'll see what it is that we truly worship. We worship God because of who he is. And we worship God really because we, who we are in comparison to him. He's the shepherd and we're the sheep. We can honor and worship him as the leader. He's the creator, we're the creation. 
He's the master. We're the servants. He's the vine. We're the branches. We've got to stay connected to him. We can honor and worship him as a result. We've deputized you uh, twice already, so let's just do it three times. I deputize each and every one of us to be ready and prepared to worship. We prepare for a lot of things. If you're going on a trip, if you're going on a vacation, if you're going somewhere, you prepare way in advance. Now, some of you are spontaneous, you know, just get up, pack, and go. Many, many people, you've got lists and, and you want to make sure that everything's taken care of while you're gone and, and you've got everything packed for where you're going. Let me challenge us. Let me deputize us that every time we gather together and worship together, we spend some time in preparation in advance. Maybe that's the Saturday night before. Maybe it's the, the Sunday morning before coming in, that, that we're spending time in the Word and spending time in prayer and, and spending time believing God's going to do something incredible in the service, confessing sins before we come, and expecting God to move. If you go to a concert, if you go to a sporting event, if you, you go to, to someplace special, you go expecting something good. And you want your team to win. You want that, that concert to, to be powerful. You, you want them to sing your song type of thing. You, you go in ready. You go in anticipating something incredible is going to happen. What would happen if every single one came to church, prayed up, read up, and just ready and prepared, anticipating, believing, and knowing God was about to do something incredible in his house, in his day? So I want to challenge, I want to encourage us. We're deputized to attend and encourage others to attend with us. We're deputized to welcome one another as they come. We're deputized to worship and honor the Lord. And we close with a challenging, as, as I mentioned, this gets increasingly more challenging as it comes to us in our response to God, our walk with God, and how we participate. Finally, I encourage us to give. Now, I've, I've preached on giving. I've preached on stewardship. We've, we've taught on that. This is certainly just a, a part of the entire message of participating faithfully. It's a lot more that certainly can be said and a lot more that I've, I've said previously. But here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Each one of you on the first day of each week should set aside a specific sum of money in proportion to what you have earned and use for the offering. That's for more of a modern paraphrase of that instruction. But Paul is giving us a, a handful of some encouragements and some teaching points when it comes to our giving. He encourages us to give on a regular basis. Now, regular means different things to different people. Certainly, as, as often as we have increased, for some it's, it's a weekly check, for some it's a, every other week or a monthly, but as we are blessed with an increase, we've got that opportunity then to return back to the Lord a portion of that. I was, uh, it's kind of humorous looking back, but I was mortified in myself when it happened. A few weeks ago, you know, that was the, the Sunday after we had had our 
uh, cancellation. So we, we canceled Sunday, and then the, the following Sunday, I was just encouraging us to, to give and respond, and, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, all the, all the bills keep going, even though we don't have a Sunday. So I encouraged us to make sure that we would, you know, give, and I said, we're, you know, we're going to give, you know, twice today. And I opened up my Bible, and I remembered my two checks were laying on my desk in my office. So I was extremely sheepish, because no, normally you will see me, I will pray, and I've got my offering envelope and our tithes and offerings, and I come down and I put it in the offering plate. And I made this big point and encouraged us to, to give, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, maybe give for last week as well, and uh, getting ready to pray, open up my Bible where my envelope is, and I remember the checks are on my desk. I didn't fill out my envelopes yet. So I prayed proverbially with my, my tail between my legs, kind of went back to the drums. <laughs> and I went back and filled that out. But Paul says, whatever is regular for you, as we earn something, we're, we're then able to give back and return a portion of that to the Lord. We've looked at tithing being that, that tenth and a portion. Above and beyond that is an offering, giving to ministries, giving to missions, giving to special works. I want to encourage us to be found faithful in, in participating. And here, here's the challenge. Anytime we talk about giving, it's always a little bit awkward for pastors. Is the fact that we're encouraged to give purely because that's what's needed to pay the bills? Part of that is true. If you were at our annual business meeting, you saw we had a very challenging 2018. We ended in the red. We started 2019 in the red. Canceling a Sunday and two others greatly affected by weather. But as we look through God's word, is giving just so that bills can be paid? That's not the main part of it. And so here, here's the challenge and here's the dynamic as we try to teach and preach about it. Yes, we do need bills to be met. And that's met by tithes and offerings. That's how we're able to sponsor, on a monthly basis, missionaries from all over the world. What comes in specifically for missions? But see, it's more than that. Unfortunately, I think sometimes people can miss out on what God wants to do in them and through them as they participate faithfully in giving and returning back to the Lord. So yes, on the one hand, as we give, it, it does help the ministries of the church. It does certainly pay the bills and, and help us to support missionaries and ministries all around the world. But more than that, I think it's really about you and me and how we grow in our walk with God. If you're someone who gives on a regular basis, I would venture to say you've got stories of God's faithfulness and God's hand upon you. I can recount those in our own lives personally. The faithfulness of God, even in sometimes the toughest of times. And over the years, there's been stories and, and individual stories of, of people who would say, you know, I cannot afford to give. I, I just, we can't make it. And as a result, they say, Pastor, we, we can't tithe. There have been different cases over the, the years where some of those individuals would come and and personally say, you know, we've kind of tried it our own way. Sounds crazy, but 
we're going to go ahead, we're going to tithe. We're, we're going to return to the Lord what is his. We don't know how we're going to make it, but we're, we're going to give to the Lord. And time after time after time after time, they come back and say, Pastor, I don't know how in the world this happens. When we weren't tithing, we had no money left over at the end of the month. We began tithing. We began giving to the Lord. So that's an extra expense that we didn't have before. And now it's the end of the month. And it's not a lot, but we've got a little something left over. I can't explain it, Pastor. I say, I'm right with you. I can't explain that other than it's the promise of God. As we're faithful, as we're obedient to him, he does bless and provide. So Paul, Paul encourages faithful and regular giving. Again, we've looked in the past about the tithe. The tithe is a tenth. That's an equal amount for everybody. The dollar amount might not be the same, but a tenth of a dollar is a tenth. The tenth of a hundred is still a tenth. Each and every one of us can have a part to play in, in learning and in growing in this area. Is it harder than showing up and attending and sitting through a service? You bet. Because we all have ways and areas of, of what we might desire to do with those funds. The tithe we return back to the Lord, that tenth offerings and missions is, is above and beyond that. And, and we challenge you with that. We encourage you with that. As we do that, God's work is provided for here in our own immediate area and around the world. Our calendars and our checkbooks, they really show us what's important when it comes to how we participate, how we attend, and how we welcome, and how we worship, and how we give. If someone looked at our calendar or if someone looked at, at our, our bank accounts, they would see real quick what's most important to us. It's that, that challenging message. We, we open up with prayer and fasting and God's word and Next couple of weeks, we're going to get to sharing about Christ and, and getting involved in, in serving in ministry and using gifts and talents for the Lord. And right in between here in this series are a handful of ways that together we can participate faithfully. It will help us as we grow in our walk with God. It will help us in this body of Christ. So together, let's attend Let's welcome, let's worship, and let's give.